and welcome to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual believers, today I'm going to do a recap the Bible study that I did along with my Godfather this past Sunday. I was particularly talking about the topic of how you love your enemies, and then the other topic in conjunction with that was doing good for evil. What the Holy Spirit ended up having me do was outline the steps of how I got to the point that I could actually do good for evil and love my enemies. And so I took um, the, the class to a time over uh, several decades ago when God started talking to me about be not offended, which seemed like an impossible thing because one way or the other, we're always getting offended by somebody or something, right? So when God commanded me, be not offended, he basically was telling me, Yes, you're going to be offended, but quickly get over it, let it go, move on. And as I grew in maturity in the Word and in my, in my walk with the Lord and Daddy God, our Father Yahweh, and the Lord God, Holy Spirit, and Lord God, Christ Jesus, I realized that it was the reason why God was telling me be not offended was I needed to be free of offense in, in order to truly walk in love and to bless people and to bless in particular people that hurt you or people that wound you or people that treat you badly. Why? Because these people are interfacing in your life. You have access to these people and obviously they have access to you. So how are you going to impact them in a positive way if you're carrying an ought or you're carrying an offense, it's a stumbling block, as my godfather says. It's like a, you could be walking along the pavement and there's just a little bit of an of a, a incline, right? Not an incline, but a breach in the pavement uh, uh, is broken, right? And so it's, there's a, it's unlevel. One part of the pavement is down. Another part of the pavement is slightly up and it catches your foot. And guess what? You stumble. And in some cases you fall. And in some cases you get hurt. It reminded me of when I was at St. Joseph's. I was a little bitty girl. I must have been about, I guess, eight, seven or eight years old. And we had recess back in those days. And we had recess, and I was running around like all those other little kids with all that energy. And I was running so hard, but it was an asphalt um, pavement where we had recess. And I was running so hard that I hit a little bit of a something in the pavement. I went tumbling down. And of course, you automatically put your hands out to protect yourself. So my hands were full of gravel and my two thumbs were just torn up, you know. Um, and I was in a lot of pain. And I ended up, they ended up taking me inside the convent, which was a big deal because we always wanted to know what was going on in that 
magical house where all the nuns came from. And but that little bit of pavement that my foot hit because of the speed that I was going at caused me severe pain and severe harm. That's what happens in being offended. When especially if we stay offended and do not protect our heart. I was just asking the Holy Spirit as I was coming here today to um, purge my heart, cleanse my heart, you know, and keep it cleansed at all times because I want to be used by God. So the first step before you can ever get to the point where you're loving your enemies or doing good for evil, you got to walk in being not offended. Not that you're not going to get offended, but quickly, quickly, quickly just let it go, forgive it, and move on. The next thing God started working on me on was forgiveness, walking in forgiveness. Of course, he gave me the, uh, the, the ultimate example, which was Christ Jesus himself, right? Here he is being getting beaten and whipped and tortured, um, a crown of thorns smashed onto his head, his back, not even a piece of skin left on the, his back, his, his bones are showing, his muscles dripping in blood. I mean, and so what ends up happening? The next step for him was he was put on the cross. And this is from doing good. Jesus did nothing but good. All he did was good. He healed the sick. He fed 5,000. Then he fed another 4,000. Then he fed another, well, we estimated when he fed the 5,000, it was probably closer to 20,000 if you count all the women and children. They were only counting the males, right? And so he raised Lazarus from the dead. He he. Raised the widow's son from the dead. He raised a young girl from the dead. He permitted a woman to touch the hem of his garment. And she was healed. I, I mean, he, he, all he did was good. All he did was good. And his payment for doing good was evil. For the good he did, he was given what? Evil. And... He gets on the cross, and what does he do? Father. He talks to his daddy, Abba. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What a powerful move of God. I never forget when I first started walking in that revelation of forgiveness, and I was teaching my very first or teaching and preaching, but mostly I'm a teacher. My very first Easter Sunday sermon in a church, it was in 2006, and I was in preparation, preparing for the sermon, and I received a supernatural healing because when I worked at Harley-Davidson, and I worked there for several years, when I left Harley-Davidson, in Kansas City, Missouri, I could not smell nor taste anything. So I don't know what was in the plant at the time, but I could not smell or taste. And so literally, it had been years, because I left Harley-Davidson, I think, in 2003 or four, And I was ahead of their training program there. And 
I ended up being able to smell somewhat and taste somewhat, which was a lot for me since I had been doing without smelling and tasting for about, what, by that time I've been two years, maybe three years. I still don't have total, total restoration of the sense of smell or taste. However, I I learned during that time as I was preparing for that ministry, that Easter Sunday, I learned that Jesus had to forgive. It was required of him, and he had to be willingly, he had to be willing to get on that cross, and he had to be willing to forgive everyone. Why? Because it would have hindered him from being the sacrifice for the world. Hmm. So, Forgiveness is critical. It also deals with the condition of the what? Heart. Just like being not offended deals with what? The condition of the heart. So, first, God dealt with me about being offended. I could not be offended if he wanted to to me, if he wanted to use me. These are the conditions that I had to meet in order to be used by him. So then, After years of walking in not being offended, years of walking in forgiveness, then came the the doing good for evil, right? And this is supernatural. The everything in our natural, everything in our bodies, everything in our lives scream out for us to what? To retaliate, to to. Tell somebody the truth about what really is going on. All of this, it's it's amazing to me. But God asks us to override our natural instinct, our natural disposition to do evil for evil. You do evil to me, I'm going to do evil to you. Matter of fact, I'm going to do one, I'm going to one-up you. That's the whole thing of the mafia. The mafia is <laughs> has a code. You cross the mafia, you're going to pay. You're going to pay with your life and sometimes with your wife's life and your children's life and even the dog. So we know that the world operates in this. When you do bad to me, I'm going to I'm going to repay you in kind. Right. And there is a spiritual principle about this. Right. The fruit, the fruits that you produce are the fruits that you're going to eat. But God has an alternative God wants you to go supernatural. And in going supernatural, you do good for evil. And my godfather, Doug Apple, he really said something very powerful. He said, try it, try it. He says, when you do good for evil, you will turn the world upside down. You will shift the atmosphere. When you do good for evil, it's going to change your world. So what is the ultimate, right? And so let's let's look at all the great examples of people that did good for evil and shook the world. How about Gandhi? Gandhi, who, by the way, tried to become a Christian, but because of racism, he was rejected. But Gandhi actually walked in the principle 
of doing good for evil, not repaying violence with violence, a nonviolent movement. And with that, he rocked the nation of India and turned it upside down. And the British left, the British left their nation. So India was no longer a British colony. Based on the supernatural movement of a man who did what? Good for evil. Martin Luther King. There were two men at the time rising up in power. Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. And Martin Luther King, he walked in the same principles of Gandhi. He believed in a nonviolent movement. He believed in doing good for evil. Not repaying violence for violence. And do you know that towards the end of Malcolm X's life, after going on his pilgrimage to Mecca, he saw that Martin Luther King was right and he was wrong. Martin Luther King was used to turn the United States racial hatred upside down. And he was able to change the world. And then, of course, the example that's the most recent that has the just unbelievable repercussions, the young man who went into the black church and the black church befriended him, fed him, loved on him. And in repayment for that, he shot and killed most of them. He shot the pastor, I believe, 12 times. A woman threw herself over a child's body and the child survived. There were a few survivors. There was a 90, I think, 96-year-old woman that was shot and killed. So this was supposed to incite a race war. And what happened? These individuals, the survivors and the family of the non-survivors, went and met before that young man and told them that they forgave him and that they loved him with the love of Christ Jesus. Not the, not the fele, fele, fele friendship love. Not the eros the passionate love, not the storge, the family love, the love of a father or a mother for their child, but the agape love, the supernatural love of God the Father. And we know what happened, right? It rocked the United States of America. It rocked the nation. Not only did the Confederate flag come down in that, in that state, but they dug up the flagpole, all because of the principle of doing good for evil. <laughs> it is something supernatural. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit because your everything in your, every fiber in your body will scream out to retaliate and to protect yourself. And don't let somebody mess with your children. Don't let somebody mess with your wife. Don't let somebody mess with your mother or your father or someone close to you Oh, it's on. As I say, it's on like neck bones. <laughs> and what? You got to what? Override that. You got to override your flesh and do what? Good for evil. So let's do a recap. Before you can even get to love your enemies, you got to be able, a person that's been walking faithfully and not being offended, walking Faithfully in walking in forgiveness, walking faithfully in what? Doing good for evil. And then you get to <laughs> the awesome thing of what? 
doing loving your enemies, right? Which is also supernatural. You don't want to love, and I mean agape, right? You don't want to agape, agape love someone that's, an enemy is somebody that's trying to sabotage you. An enemy is somebody that's gossiping about you behind your back. Your enemy is out there feeding propaganda about you. That's an individual. And I've been in serious prayer for this individual. And this individual has access to people of power at Florida A&M University. This individual, uh, no, it's individuals, a couple of them. This Holy Spirit just brought me another one in my mind. And they have given misinformation. They have tainted my name, my reputation, have told falsehoods or have not told the whole story in context where people will see the truth. And I know this, yet I need to what? Love this individual. So I pray for these individuals all the time. I ask God to bless these individuals all the time. Why? Because I want to be used by God. And eventually God will repay. They will be found out. The truth will come out of what really. But in the meantime, I have to sit back knowing that this is being done, knowing that people are some people are not doing or have my best interest at stake. And yet I still must what? Love them. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm stupid and that I don't um, try to do the best I can to mitigate a lot of the damage that they do. It doesn't stop me from doing the right things, right? But I must what? Love these individuals. And the, the ultimate example is Daddy God, Abba Father, Yuhei Yahweh. Yahshua, Yahshua Mashiach, and Lord God Ruha Kadash, Lord God Holy Spirit, right? Why? Because we were God's enemies. We weren't thinking about God. We didn't care about God. We, we were ignorant. We were full of the, our God was Lucifer. We were, we were children of Satan, all of us, until you what? Born again. And yet, God sent the most precious thing. God the Father sent the most precious thing. God the Father sent the thing he loved the most, his son, his only begotten son. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word entered the womb of Mary and got flesh. And they named that word Jesus, Yahshua Mashiach. Christ Jesus. God gave him up for us so that we could be restored, reunited with the Father. We could never, ever overcome the great chasm, the great breach. We could never cross it. God had to cross it to save us. He gave up being in heaven which is an awesome place to be where the whole atmosphere is full of love and kindness and good works, streets paved with gold, luscious trees with fruit, colors so vibrant, colors that we haven't even seen yet, colors that are on a whole nother dynamic level, heaven, where he was worshiped 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Daddy God, I'm a father, you hate by hate. 
<laughs> the ultimate, the ultimate, the ultimate of example of loving your what? Enemies. And every time you see men and women loving their enemies, look at Mother Teresa. She was able to turn around a whole system, a caste system that treated people that were in the lower caste like they were trash. And she took them in and those who they could heal, they would heal them, those children that they could help, they would help them. But there were some people, they were in the last hours of life on earth, maggots all over their bodies. The nuns would take them in and bathe them, wash them. So that their last hours on earth would be with dignity. Dignity. And the enemy tried to destroy her a couple of times. Tried to wipe Mother Teresa out a couple of times. More than that. And yet she still walked in what? Love. And she was able to turn the hearts of Indian people. Of the Indian people. Every time you see men and women. William Tyndale. And the multimillionaire that financed him, William Tyndale, is responsible for 90% of the translations of all the Bibles. Did you know that? He was a brilliant scholar of Greek and Hebrew, talented and gifted, and basically devoted his life to converting the Bible from Latin into a language that people could understand. And for that, he was persecuted by the Catholic Church, and eventually they caught up with him, strangled him, and then I think I think they hung him or cut his head off, one of those. <laughs> William Tyndale, doing good for evil, loving his enemies, and the multimillionaire that financed him, he was a, he was a cloth merchant, merchant, and they actually um, arrested him, and the economy of England went down. <laughs> when they had him in jail, so they had to let him out. But they arrested him because he financed William Tyndale. Oh, there are so many people that have what? Loved their enemies. And when you do, you turn the world upside down. Whites who were supposed to hate blacks ended up loving some blacks, loving their enemies. Blacks who, who were supposed to hate whites ended up what? Loving some whites. Loving your what? Enemies. The Tutus and the Hutus, I guess it was. A horrendous massacre in Africa. Desmond Tutu, the archbishop. Oh, how about this? The Holocaust. There were a lot of people that lost their lives saving the Jews. An untold story that you never really hear about is that there were some Muslims. Yes, there were Islamic people who hid Jews from the Germans so that they would not be taken to the gas chambers and executed. But you never hear about those stories. But there were Muslims that protected Jews. They loved supposedly their enemies. So this basically was the lessons that I taught. But let's get to the crowning, the crowning jewel of the whole lesson. Why is it critical to be not offended? Why is it critical to walk in forgiveness? Why is it critical that you do good for evil so that you can ultimately what? Love your what? Enemies. And the perfect example, other than Christ Jesus, 
the father and the Lord God, Holy Spirit was Joseph. Yes. Jacob's baby, Joseph. God looked at the landscape of Jacob's sons and he saw the hearts of Simeon. He saw the heart of Levi. They too bloodthirsty. When they were tested, they failed the test. Their, do- their sister was raped by a prince in a nearby what? Village. And the prince asked his father to go to Jacob's father and ask for his daughter's hand in marriage, even though he should have waited. But what ended up happening was Simeon and Levi concocted a plan. And their plan was to tell him, well, you can't marry our sister unless you get circumcised. In our culture, you got to be circumcised. And the prince loved her, wanted her so much that not only did he get circumcised, but he had all the men to get circumcised. And they waited until the third day when they knew the men were going to be sore and could not defend themselves. And Simeon and Levi, they went in and slaughtered that whole village. And Jacob says, you have put a stench in the nostrils of God. And now we have to leave this area. So Levi and Simeon were disqualified. Judah got disqualified. All of them disqualified. And God looked at the heart of Joseph and said, this is somebody I can work with. And so Joseph went through his what? Transformation where he had to be not offended, where he had to what? Forgive his brothers because eventually they threw him in a pit for to kill him. All right. And he ended up doing good for evil. He did good for his e to, to the towards the evil that his brothers did to him. And what was the ultimate thing? He loved his enemies. His brothers were his enemies and he loved them. And because of that, Jesus, the Christ, our Lord and Savior, was able to survive the famine through Judah because Jesus came from the line of Judah and went on to be born out of the Virgin Mary and his stepfather, Joseph, who they both were from the line of what? King Solomon, which was the line of David, which was the line of what? Judah, Boaz, right? Great-grandmother Ruth. So uh, because he did good for evil, because he forgave, because he was not offended, Joseph loved his enemies who was his what? Brothers. And we have the Messiah. Because of this, we have Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And all can be saved if they accept the free gift of the blood of Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of their sin. All because of one young man who was treated wrong, who was abandoned, deceived, Don't even talk about how he was falsely accused and put in prison by a woman accused of raping her when he didn't. All of this, he made it through. And he loved his enemies because he did good for evil, because he walked in forgiveness, because he was not offended, and God was able to use him. So this is for us today, spiritual believers and listeners. Let us not be offended. Let us Walk in forgiveness. Let us do good for evil and let us love our enemies. And we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. We must have the second baptism. We must be empowered to do this because you cannot do this in the natural. It must be supernatural because God looks at the what? 
heart. I want to close the broadcast today with Romans 10, 9. That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for joining me on 94.1 FM, Wave 94, Enter the Glory Zone with Dr. Edith Davis.